Hello, and welcome to Insurance Insights, a podcast from Capgemini Financial Services that looks at the latest trends in the insurance industry through the lens of some of its leading experts. I am Mary Ellen Harn, and today we're going to talk about more key findings from the World InsurTech Report 2020. And joining me are Paul Carroll, Editor-in-Chief of ITL for the Institutes, and Seth Rackland, Chief Innovation Officer of Insurance for Capgemini's Financial Services. Well, welcome back, Seth and Paul. And in our previous podcast together, we talked about big techs entering insurance. And today we're going to focus on inventing new insurance value. And let's get right into the discussion. And let's start with Seth. Um, the latest edition of the World InsurTech Report highlights that lines are blurring between various players in the insurance industry. With these blurring lines, will there be benefits to the consumer? And if so, what do you think these benefits will be? Well, thanks, Mary Ellen. Uh, de- delighted to be here again with uh, with you and Paul. You know, we did talk about about the the ways in which different kinds of firms and different kinds of businesses are entering into the insurance sector. So your question as to what it means to the consumer, I think, is spot on. And I think it means a few things. Uh, Number one, I think that with digital experiences and with digital capabilities, the price of insurance should come down. And that's obviously a significant insurance benefit. So we're already seeing in the automobile insurance space tremendous competition. And I think that's good for the customer because it makes the cost of insurance lower. Uh, obviously, customer experience is, is, is a second benefit and, and very important. Uh, customers expect, as, as we talked about last time, a big tech-like experience. They expect things to be seamless. They expect things to be easy. They don't want to have to worry about whether the insurance company is gonna is gonna do the right thing, and 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 these kinds of immersive big tech like experiences keep the consumer kind of up to the moment as to the status of their claim or the status of a repair or or the benefits that they can actually actually get from the insurance. I think ultimately, though, the benefit that we all want, and that the benefit that a lot of technology has the potential to deliver, and I think about technology like the onboard devices in cars and the the connected home devices and those types of things. All of those types of technologies in concert with an insurance industry, I believe can can, can bring us a a, a safer operating environment for our homes and our cars. And I think that's ultimately the consumer benefit, The, the reduction of risk and the ability of the customer and the insurer to partner in the reduction of risk I really believe is the ultimate uh, promise of much of this technology, and I think the ultimate benefit for the customer. We buy insurance in order to be safe and secure, and to the extent that these new technologies make us safer and make us more secure, I think there's massive, uh, massive upside for the consumer. Mary Ellen? Thanks, Seth. Let's turn to Paul. Do you have any thoughts on this? I agree completely with what Seth said. I, I think that insurance companies are the keeper of all the data. They know what all the losses have been. They know where all the risks are. To this point, insurance companies have primarily been using that data to price the risk effectively. And that's great. Uh, People want to be indemnified when a problem happens. But I think we're now to the point where technology can really unlock that data and start to have it used to prevent accidents. Uh, I, I take this rather personally because uh, the one car accident I've had in some decades of driving 
came in a stretch that apparently was known to be dangerous. Well, I didn't know it. The roads had been clear for two years when we lived up in Tahoe. And I assumed that everything was fine when I drove off to get a pizza. Well, I come back and it turns out there's some runoff across the road. There's black ice. I go into a skid and wind up going at pretty high speed sideways into a whole bunch of ice. Well, if I had been notified by my car uh, as I was coming up to that, that there was black ice, then I never would have had that accident. And it was a known problem. Actually, people had died at that spot long before I came along. So I, I think that the sort of thing that Seth was talking about where you can get inexpensive sensors and start putting them around your home to detect a water leak, where you can be notified about dangerous spots in your car, uh, where you can have all sorts of sensors that are proliferating in the world of technology out there in the world to know sort of what's happening, <clears throat> what could be happening, and then based on all this information that the insurers have can be used as a way of serving up a, a warning that some situation is dangerous in your factory or whatever, then that's the kind of value that can be provided by insurers that they have historically not focused on, but that's now possible. Thank you, Paul. So going back to you know my, what I was originally saying, that the lines are blurring. Would you say that technology is the key driver behind these blurring lines? Or, you know, in addition to technology, are there other key drivers? Or would you say it's primarily technology? Paul, what do you think? So I think it's partly customer expectation and partly mm -hmm. just sort of general progress. But I do think technology is largely behind it. Uh, I've followed the digitization of industries for a long time now. And it seems to me that an industry gets stripped down to its essence when digitization happens, and then you can recombine things in all sorts of ways. Uh, the example I use is the camera, which we have seen pictures of. You go back to the uh, 1860s when Matthew Brady was taking photos of the Civil War and so forth, and you had these huge boxy cameras. And for a long time, the camera just shrank. So Kodak came along and he had the Brownie and he had some other things. And then everything finally went digital when a fellow I've known for a long time, Philippe Kahn, had a baby. Uh, he spent a fair amount of time while his poor wife was going through labor in 1997 in the hospital in Santa Cruz, California, and thought, well, why do I have this digital camera that I'm going to take photos with so I can go home, upload them to my computer and send them? Why can't I send them to my phone? And he did. He sent the first digital phone from a camera in 1997. And once that happened, then the need for all the physical stuff, the separate camera, the film, the chemicals, the paper, all went away. And the real potential of photography was unlocked. It didn't happen to go to Kodak. The value went to Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all these other uh, much more valuable entities that we have these days. Uh, and it just was because everything got simplified. Well, uh, not to go on too long about this, but with insurance, it seems to me that when you digitize, you get down to a customer, a yes-no mechanism, and capital. And the capital doesn't have to be from the insurer. It doesn't have to be from the reinsurer. It can be from the capital markets. It can be from someplace else. The yes-no can be a parametric mechanism. It can be an adjuster. 
uh, and the customer can be touched in all sorts of different ways. It doesn't have to be through a traditional uh, agent experience. And once you get things stripped down to the essence, then you can be uh, mixing and matching them in all sorts of ways that weren't possible before. Thanks, Paul. Seth, do you have anything to add? Yeah, no, I, 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 I think, I think everything Paul said is is absolutely accurate. And you know, having spent my career in in technology, I, I always like to think that technology is 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 extraordinarily impactful. And of course, of course, it is. But I think you know, fundamentally, we can't lose sight over the fact, and and maybe technology is a piece of the cause of that. That you know, the customer of today is simply different from the customer of 20, 30 years ago. You know, I began my career in in marketing and 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 advertising. And and one of the key the key things that we all learned back in the, the late 80s when I was doing this was that the important thing was to come up with the right customer segments. And I think that that was you know very, very true in, in the late 80s and, and early 90s. But I think today we're in a world where every customer is a segment of one. And, you know, I think, you know, back in those days, obviously, everybody watched the same television shows every night and it was very easy to communicate on a national basis. I think today people still sit down every night and watch and watch something on television, but everybody watches something different because they can they can personalize that experience. And I think that that, you know, that that segment of one phenomenon, that personalization, that desire to have the product or the service meet me where I am and through the power of data wrap itself around my needs my wants and and my objectives you know that's something that is that is, is is will fundamentally change insurance the same way it's changed every other industry and and obviously insurance because it's capital intensive because it's regulated regulated the way it's regulated a little slower to change but that change is coming and 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 it's i think it's it's fundamental to the to the industry and its future direction Thanks. Thanks, Seth. That's a very interesting perspective for both you and Paul. It really is, I guess, coming down to changing expectations on behalf of the consumers. So now um, to change the, the, the I guess, the, the thread of this conversation slightly, we are um, now looking at InsureTechs. We've been talking about the World InsureTech Report. So in the report and also just in, in the marketplace, we're seeing that InsureTechs are striving to be full service carriers. And big techs are expanding their presence in the insurance industry. So, Seth, is the business landscape becoming more competitive for the traditional insur- insurance industry player? Uh, absolutely. You know, as I mentioned, I think in the last podcast, I've been in this business for over 25 years. And, you know, back when I started, if you talk to insurers about the concept of competition, they thought you were talking about them versus the regulators. And obviously, that's not the case anymore. The competition in, in insurance, in every line of insurance, is is intense. It's intense among the traditional carriers, and it's increasingly intense between the the, the traditional carriers and the, the high-flying insurtechs, the lemonades, the hippos, the roots of the world. And and I think that that obviously, as we've been talking before, the tech tech becomes a playing field for that competition. So. You know, tech is not a way of processing transactions. Tech is a way of gaining market share. Tech is a way of pricing better. Tech is a way of doing all of the things that 
give you competitive advantage. And so, you know, where, you know, it used to be that, 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 that the tech was kind of a, um, just almost a, a, you know, a have to have by, by default tech is now a core competency of the best insurers in the world. And those who don't embrace it as a core competency, I think risk, uh, being disrupted, disrupted out of business. Paul, your thoughts. So I agree. Um, I'd add just maybe a couple of little thoughts. One is that of all the industries I've followed over the years, I'm not sure I've seen any industry with as many different big players in it as insurance. Uh, I did a count some years ago and there were just thousands of insurance companies, whereas you don't have thousands of steel companies or uh, thousands of search engines or whatever. And in my experience, uh, over time, things centralized, especially once you get technology involved, uh, it's sort of a, uh, a winner takes all kind of environment. And we obviously have a long way to go there in terms of insurance, but uh, it certainly seems that to me that this competition is going to lead to a lot of uh, M&A activity and that the number of big players will shrink. I think that's especially true because of something Seth was saying, and it's the the need for efficiency. Uh, I hear people talk a lot, a lot about the protection gap, and that's obviously a big issue. But uh, if you make the industry much more efficient, then you can get to the point where instead of having 60 cents of every dollar paid out, say, in a claim, you can have 80 cents because you've cut the uh, operating costs in half. That, that may be too ambitious a goal, but there sure is an awful lot of paper out there at the moment. There are, are an awful lot of inefficiencies that I think anybody looking at insurance can see. And I think when you combine the opportunity for efficiency with the profusion of companies out there, uh, I think the opportunities are huge. And this sort of competition you're asking about is going to drive things to a a simpler and, and far more efficient form of insurance over the next uh, five or 10 years. So if, if we sort of go back to the idea of the blurring of boundaries between the enablers and technology providers, uh, what benefits do you see to the insurance industry from this? Well, I, I think the, the potential benefits are enormous. Uh, uh, if you do get to the point where you're so much more efficient that more of the dollar can be paid out in claims, then that broadens the market for everybody. And I think there are uh, opportunities as well that we've talked about a little bit for, uh, as I put it in the last podcast, uh, do you want fries with that? If you start to get to the customer in his or her moment of need, uh, like say the travel insurance folks have managed to do because they ping me all the time, or at least used to when I was buying plane tickets. Um, th there are opportunities to touch customers in ways that are more meaningful to them. And if you do it in a uh, a more efficient way, then the value proposition is much more significant than it would be otherwise. Seth, do you have anything to add? Look, I completely, I, I completely agree. Um, I think that you know the value proposition of insurance. Uh, Paul, Paul mentioned the protection gap, for example. I mean, the protection gap is a gap in value, right? It's a, it's a distance between 
the economic losses that uh, are the result of a particular adverse event and what insurance is actually able to cover. And this is uh, of profoundly impactful uh, in the area of catastrophes, big storms, uh, windstorms, wildfire, those types of things. And so I think that, you know, ultimately, you know, in order for the industry to stay relevant, in order for it to stay meaningful, it has to move with the risk. So if cars are getting safer and they're getting less risky, while at the same time, uh, the weather is getting more dangerous, accomplishing that pivot is critical for the industry to remain relevant. And I do believe, you know, as Paul suggested, I think he's totally right, that, you know, it's a combination of efficiency and ingenuity in terms of product design and pricing that will enable will enable that uh, that that pivot. And it's a it's a critical pivot. It has to happen uh, for not only for the industry, but for us as a society. So let's just build out on what you just said, remaining relevant. So this is looking to the future. How can, can you comment on how the dynamics between the industry players will evolve? Seth, let's start with you. Absolutely. Um, I first off totally agree with Paul. There will be, there is already, and there will continue to be significant consolidation. Um, you know, as tech becomes the playing field, and as tech becomes the enabler of so much of what we're talking about. Uh, advantages accrue to size and advantages accrue to scale. And as a consequence, you know, from a dynamics perspective, uh, size matters and size will, will, will matter more in, in, in the upcoming, in, in, in the, in the, the upcoming, uh, environment. You know, I, I think, I think more broadly, um, there's going to be a significant push on product and experience innovation. Um, you know, let's face it, uh, the uh, uptake of telematics, the, the devices in the cars or on the phones that, that monitor driving, you know, that is, is happening and, and more and more people are becoming comfortable with those technologies. But the products that surround those technologies are actually fairly basic. You know, most of the time we're talking about a simple discount um, on, your, on your auto insurance premium, you know, if you, if you happen to drive well. I think you know, for the industry to, to, to gain that relevance that, that you asked about, uh, Mary Ellen, for the industry to be relevant, it has to matter more in the, in the daily lives of the people it protects. It has, to, it has to provide not only an immersive customer experience, but an immersive risk mitigation experience. And I think that's the challenge of, of frankly, the next 20 years, much as customer experience has probably been the challenge of the last 20 years. Thank you, Seth. And let's turn to Paul now. So I will just add a couple little points. I uh, agree with very much with what Seth was saying. <clears throat> um, it just seems to me when you think of technology that there, there may be a couple little additional things. One is I sometimes see a failure of imagination in insurance. So Seth mentions telematics in cars, which I think I first wrote about 20 plus years ago uh, with the Progressive Snapshot program. And it seemed to me to be a no-brainer. And here we are in 2021, and the uptake still hasn't been anything close to what I, I thought it would be. And I think a lot of the reason is that people thought, well, uh, okay, we can give good drivers a slight discount. 
well, that's great, but that's not really very imaginative. And it turns out that things like roadside assistance are much more interesting to people, or there are other ways that you can uh, intrigue them with services that actually don't cost nearly as much as that discount would. So uh, I don't know why it took 20 years for people to figure that out, but I'm hoping that the industry, having learned that sort of lesson, will be more inventive in the future. The other issue with technology is cycle time. And in insurance, there's some inherent limits. You know, you talk to somebody at a, a big life insurer and they're still servicing policies that were written 80, 90 years ago. So you, it, it takes a while sometimes to figure out or a very long time to figure out what the claims are going to be like on a product. And you can't turn things as quickly as you can in Silicon Valley. But in Silicon Valley, they have this concept of A-B testing. And when it comes to something, say, you're doing with your phone, that sort of testing of one message versus another, one offer versus another, is happening at extraordinary speed, I mean, uh, in, in the space of seconds. And I think insurance would do well to look at that sort of thing and try to figure out how to uh, speed the cycle time of the sort of testing that uh, goes on within the sort of context that Seth laid out. Well, thank you, Paul and Seth, for joining me today and sharing your insights. This wraps up our podcast for today. To our listeners, if you found this podcast interesting, please subscribe to Capgemini's Insurance Insights Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more podcasts from Capgemini Financial Services, please subscribe to our Banking Payments and Wealth Spotlight Podcast. We'll be back soon to discuss more from the findings of the World Insure Tech Report with a deep dive on ecosystem collaboration and what is the key ingredient for matching the evolving insurance consumer's taste. In the meantime, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit capgemini.com to download the World Insure Tech Report 2020. This podcast has been brought to you by Capgemini Financial Services. Thanks for listening.